What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. So I have a good one for you this week. It is Kelsey and Cassidy from Deviate Fashion. Deviate is a fashion brand based in Detroit. I met up with Cassidy, I think it was at the beginning of this year, in January, I believe, or maybe, I can't remember when it was, Um, but I absolutely loved her and I have kind of kept in touch since. I absolutely love the brand. Um, this is the first time I met Kelsey. They're both two, they're both two sisters. They're both sisters. Um, and they started this dope fashion brand that is based in Detroit. Um, they're doing some really amazing things in the community in Detroit and their clothes are amazing. So without further ado, Cassidy and Kelsey, enjoy. Cassidy, Kelsey, what's going on? Hey, not much. What's going on with you, Will? Uh, I am in the UK and we don't have winter like Detroit. So consider yourself lucky. Here. I don't know. I kind of like the winter in Detroit. I'm obviously not from there, but when I moved out, I was like, yeah, I like the snow, but everyone there hates it for some reason. Yeah. I think it just gets like so cold so quickly that it always catches us all off guard, but I don't know. I think it's it makes the driving. Oh, it's yeah. definitely the driving. Like if you have to leave your house, it sucks. But if you're working from home, it's great because you just get to watch the snow. But yeah, I get that. In the UK, we very rarely get snow. Um, and if it snows, the whole country like closes down until it melts. Like nothing like aeroplanes, trains, buses. No one goes to work. It's like it's weird, but we don't have the equipment to like deal with it. Um, and when I first moved to Detroit, it was like hammering down with snow and everyone was just like getting on with their day. And last year, I remember I was going down. I can't remember. Oh, my God. I can't even remember the name of the roads where what's, what's the like the main road? Is it John Cousins? Oh, <laughs> the lodge. Yeah. I like John Cousins. Is it? Oh, John R. John R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was driving down there and it was we had like loads of snow the night before and this car just like came speeding past me like did like a 720 spin in the middle of the road everyone stopped and then he just drove off like nothing happened and we all just like got on like normally and I was like this is this would never happen in the UK I just love it in Detroit that it just it's just normal yeah, that's such like a microcosm of Detroit, I feel like. Just random shit. Oh, are we allowed to swear on here? Yeah, you can swear all you want. <laughs> just random shit, and then it's just a normal day. Just carry on. <laughs> I feel like that's just Detroit generally, which yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just, we do whatever we want over here. <laughs> so did you guys, wait, before we start, I guess like we should probably talk about what you guys do um, <laughs> yeah like some of the people that are listening might not know um so deviate is a fashion label but i'm just gonna butcher it if i kind of introduce it so why don't you guys kind of talk about how how you started it and then we can just talk about general shit okay cool yeah so um yeah deviate's a detroit-based fashion label um We design unisex collections and more so focused on designing like masculine silhouettes. Um, And we launched in 2018, my sister and I, so Kelsey and I are sisters. Um, I'm the older one. She's the younger one. Um, And yeah, we were really just on a mission to put Detroit on the fashion map. And 
um, that's really been like our core focus since we launched Deviate. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so Cass handles the business side and I handle the creative side. Yeah. Kelsey's amazing. Um, Back at you, sis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she's very talented. She's actually, she won't brag, but I can brag for her. But, um, you know, she spent some time in LA working for well-known designers like Vera Wang and Adolfo Sanchez. Um, <laughs> and kind of realized that she wanted to come back home and didn't want to choose between career and family because we're both like homebodies. We love being here in Michigan and, um, you know, being a part of our community in Detroit. So she came back to Michigan and we decided to team up and launch this brand and really, like we said, elevate Detroit's reputation as this fashion city because we are often overlooked and we're just kind of like sick of it, I guess, (laughs) Um, just to be blunt. But yeah, I mean, I think overall we we design for our community and then we also want to give back to our community too. So everything we do is socially sustainable from how we design and produce to how we actually, um, you know, interact with our community and um, create partnerships with community leaders. Sweet. I remember going for a coffee with you. Well, I think I had a hot chocolate because I'm a child and don't drink coffee. <laughs> um, but uh, you it kind of amazed me that you make everything yourself and kind of, are you still in that situation where you're, you're like designing and making it all yourself and kind of mass producing it yourself? Yeah, we are. We're actually in our production facility right now, like surrounded by all of our jukies, which if you don't know what those are, those are like amazing industrial machines. (laughs) Okay. So how did we, how did, go on, sorry. Sorry, we actually use our like production process through like a talent incubator. So we um, have talent from um, like local schools, recent grads or anyone just interested in like um, starting their own brand or going into fashion. So we really use our production, um, like leverage that to help train like the new talent of Detroit. That's dope. (laughs) What is it about Detroit that you feel always just kind of gets forgotten about? Because there's something about the city that, like, people still ask me why I moved there, and I still don't know really the, like, the real question. And I'll be honest, I probably won't be there for the rest of my life. Um, but it's there's something about it that just kind of always draws me back, and I'm not too sure why. Um, but what is it for you guys that you, you feel that Detroit just kind of always gets left in the dust? Because it's been like that since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think it just kind of gets back to like all of all of the headlines and the news and the media that people outside of Detroit see about Detroit are usually pretty negative. Um, And so I think that Detroit has this negative connotation and it's really just a one sided perspective of what Detroit has to offer. But so much of the world doesn't see that other more positive, more vibrant, more energizing side of Detroit. Um, So I think that's why oftentimes Detroit is overlooked because when you think of Detroit, you don't, you don't think of fashion or creativity or art or architecture when really that's at the core of what Detroit really is. And I think it's hard, hard to like explain that unless people can really experience it because like seeing is believing. Right. So I don't know. What would you add on to that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with the headlines and everything, but I think Detroit like isn't recognized for how cool it is. Like we just have so much cool shit happening all the time and 
Um, people are cool. Like there's just like cool graffiti. I don't know. Everything's cool in my opinion. It's just authentic yeah. and very genuine. And I don't know. There's just, we wouldn't be anywhere else. So we're making a big plug for Detroit. So we'll, we'll step <laughs> off of our soapbox now, but <laughs> go Detroit. <laughs> no, I agree. I th- it's kind of this uh, strange city that everyone knows Detroit, but a lot of people know the history of Detroit and then it, they kind of forget that it's still going and kind of Detroit is lived by Motor City, Motown and Techno. Um, and although it's still like a huge Motor City, it's not as big as it used to be. And Techno isn't as big as it used to be in Detroit, apart from movement. And and there's, there isn't a, a reasonable scene, but it's just not, not as big as it used to be. Um, and obviously Motown is just, not there anymore so it's like what's what's next and i think it is a cheap city to live in compared to well kelsey you lived in la and things like that compared to la compared to new york which is like the big fashion places in america um and when there's cheap cities it does kind of like grow creativity do you think eventually people are going to be like fuck it, let's move to Detroit because it's cheap to live? Or do you think it's like, nah, winters suck there. It's kind of dangerous <laughs> in some places. We don't want to go there. <laughs> I mean, winters aren't great here, but they're not great in New York either. But I think people already are thinking that way. Like everything is more affordable here and there is more opportunity because a lot of the industries are nascent. They're budding, but like they're new. So it gives a lot of opportunity for creatives who want to hustle and grind to really make a name for themselves and move move along faster here than maybe they could in a more established, larger market city. Um, yeah. Do you think it's Do you think it's easier for you girls like to kind of build a name for yourself in in Detroit as a city because it's like it's a lot more community based compared to. LA, London, New York, Paris, Milan, and things like that. Do you think it's just it's easier for you guys to kind of grow the brand and build a community around you? Definitely, yeah. The community in Detroit is so um, just like loving and like wants to see other um, Detroit people succeed. So I think that the backing is really there. And then when we go to New York and all these other places, they're like, the only reason we want to talk to you is from your, cause you're from Detroit. Like that's cool. We don't see that a lot. It's different. So I definitely think that um, helped us as well as um, like stand out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think totally. And a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you that who are from Detroit. It's like Detroit is a small community. I know it's a small world, but like, if you're in a specific area in Detroit, you pretty much get to know everyone really quickly. And so it kind of fosters this genuine community that like, really, if you kind of screw someone over, it's the whole, everyone's going to find out. (laughs) So it's perpetual in that, like, I think people really do want to do good. Like deep down, there's that Midwest genuine kind of like spirit here, but also just the way that we're building things like continues to keep that, those good vibes flowing, I guess. Sick. I love it. So I, I don't know how I came across your, you guys. I think it was through Detroit Bruce. Yeah, well, it was. Well, was it through Detroit? It was, wasn't it? Um, that dude is on another level of legend status. I think, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he does still. Like he toured me around Detroit and I, I'm like, I still talk to him. I'm like, dude, what the fuck do you do? Like, I don't know what he does, but he's kind of like 
this Detroit plug. Um, Definitely, 100%. <laughs> but how, I guess starting in 2018, how do you start a fashion brand? Where does it start? Like, because I've done stuff in the past and it feels like you almost need like more than one person to do it or you need like a, a bit of a team to kind of, so like what's the starting blocks for you guys um, starting Deviate? Yeah. So when we first started, we also were like, okay, how do we start a fashion brand? Because <laughs> I actually came from, I have experience in the startup space. I came from uh, a mobility tech startup. So obviously very different than the fashion industry, but um, I kind of brought that startup like fast paced dynamic mentality. And that coupled with Kelsey's knowledge of the industry and her experience with product development. And so we kind of focused on the areas that we we were comfortable with at first. And we really wanted to make sure that we kept our overhead low because we were just starting everything out. So we literally produced everything ourselves. And like when we first started, I didn't know how to sew. I, I just, it was bad, <laughs> but Kelsey taught me everything. Kelsey literally like didn't sleep. Our first collection was just in our dad's basement, like <laughs> sewing our, our pleated <laughs> pants, which were like our first pants ever. And I was like making my fiance iron pockets. Like it was so startup grind. Wait, have you got engaged? Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. That When was that? Um, It was in the summer. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. So um, anyways, he's, yeah, he's our pocket ironer now. <laughs> like we're making our dad help us with our pleated pants. It was like very much all hands on deck because you're right. We couldn't do it just ourselves. Yeah. We really need a lot of help. So I think it, like, I think we just focus on making the product as special as we could make it and then just getting it to the market and seeing how people would react to it and then adjust from there and figure out, where to invest our money um, after getting some initial feedback. That's dope. And when it comes to designing, Kelsey, like, do you both talk about it or are you like the boss of design and you're like, no, that that's shit, Cassidy. Like, come on. <laughs> we definitely have our lanes, but I do like her opinion because mine can be like pretty out there sometimes. So I need someone like more realistic to like bring me back down to earth and be like, okay, is someone actually going to wear this? Are you like, I always ask her, I'm like, are, would you wear this? Just so I can see like the levels of like where, where to, um, yeah exactly so I think that we definitely collaborate on it sometimes but it's definitely is more of my realm yeah she comes up with the concepts and everything and then I'm just kind of like this is a cool color <laughs> <laughs> where do you where do you get all the like materials is there like places in Detroit or do you have to get them from elsewhere yeah there are some places around here but definitely more so in like um, like LA, there's just yeah. a lot of fabric. We try to source everything from the U S and like, make sure it's sustainably produced and everything. But I do wish that Detroit did have more like fabric mills. Um, but I think that's an area of the industry that is still like in the very early stages of development. So we source from like the coast, basically the East and West coast. You should definitely start a fabric mill. That'd be dope in Detroit. You should literally do like everything from like fabric to fashion. Oh. <laughs> I used to raise silkworms, so oh really? Died, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a start. Typical fashion girl, like 
doesn't have like rabbits or dogs or anything has a silkworm <laughs> oh my gosh i didn't know that that's classic. weird how do they how do they even create silk um they so when they go they when they go in their cocoon they spin their cocoon out of their silk and apparently it's like really beautiful to watch but i never got there cuz mine died but um then you take the cones of silk and you boil them and the silk like comes apart into really like like this long silk strand you must need so, a lot of silkworms to create one bit of scarf <laughs> it's intense that's why silk's so expensive i didn't know that either we're learning every day's a school day over here (laughs) so did you learn to sew when you were young was it something that you were just like always wanted to do yeah I um started watching project runway when I was like 15 and then um (laughs) asked for a um a sewing machine for Christmas and um just like got really obsessed with it and I wasn't very good at the time but I was just like making a ton of stuff still in my dad's basement but (laughs) that's where deviate started so yeah it was definitely always an interest of mine and then I decided to go to school for it um I actually was like deciding if I wanted to go play hockey in college um so my dad's like super about hockey and like my family's about hockey so it was kind of a big deal for me to quit is that ice hockey yeah. yeah. Sorry. In the UK, we don't have ice hockey. So I was like, hockey's like, for us, hockey's like on a grass pitch with a a very small hockey stick and a ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the real hockey. Yeah. The real hockey. <laughs> Typical Americans. Jesus. Close <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> so were you good at hockey? Um, yeah, Cass actually went and played, um, at Princeton for hockey, like got all of her stuff covered for her for hockey. So it was pretty cool. Kels, you, you're, you could have played there too, but like she said, she pursued. Fashion. I hated working out too. Like I just <laughs> hated. Do you work out now or are you just like, definitely no. I'll go for like a walk in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Amazing. So I want to go back to when you like design a collection and then a collection from like, for do you, I take it you guys do fashion shows. I was just looking on your website and you had all the different collections and then you have like what you're going to sell. I don't know what the technical terms are. So excuse me hashing this out, but do you ever sell the collections or like, does, am I making any sense at all? <laughs> I think I know what you mean because like on our website we have products that are it's just like merchandise yeah, really. Yeah. Collections are more like artful. Yeah. Higher fashion. Yeah. So that's a good question. And so we do sell like our collection pieces, but they have very specific drop times. So we follow the industry calendar, which essentially you have like two big um, collections each year, which is your spring, summer, and your fall, winter. Yeah. So the spring, summer, which you can see on our website now, you show that like six months in advance before you actually drop it and make it available for consumers. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so it's always like, it's weird because it's always like two seasons behind. So it's like you show it and then get people excited oh, really? and then they have to wait mm-hmm. to be able to purchase it. I don't know why the industry does weird stuff sometimes, but Maybe we'll. Maybe, maybe you should we'll change de- it up. Yeah, Fuck maybe it. we'll deviate away from the yeah. norm. Nicely done. 
But do you, so do you, do you sell as many of the collections as you do your kind of like, I don't want to say generic because that just sounds rude, but you're more like standard kind of fashion stuff. How does, mm-hmm. how does that work? Like with the amount you're making compared to the, the standard fashion stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, Like it's definitely a balance. So we have retailers who um, are more into the high fashion stuff and people are going to buy it. And that's in Detroit and like um, in the U.S. And then there's more of like the basic pieces to appeal to um, more of like the like merchandise consumer, like um, online shopper. Yeah. And also like people who want to support, but maybe don't want to spend all that money to get something like super well-made um so yeah it's definitely a balance between those two I think that's the hard thing about fashion is like you have this really artful like thing like your collections and your concepts and then you kind of have to like go down to another level and just like print a hoodie you know and it's like it's cool but it's like not a not everything you want to do you know so it's definitely a balance it it must be weird or because for me it's kind of the same if I do like merchandise I hate doing merchandise because it's just like it's just really not for me if you know what I mean um I'd rather make like an insane bomber jacket that no one else has ever worn um Mm -hmm. or gonna wear and there's like a limited run but most people don't want that Mm -hmm. how do you get to the point where your business is literally all what you want to sell rather than just I don't know, because I guess every fashion label has their kind of like essential stuff. But there's got to be some out there that is all just high end, right? Yeah, definitely. I think I think it just all comes down to customer loyalty and trust because they're, you know, we're still a young brand and we built up like a strong following and a really engaged community. But I mean, we're so far from like a Gucci, right? Who can literally do whatever they want and people are going to know it's high quality. They're going to trust that it's cool and they'll buy it no matter what the price. Whereas like we have to work way harder to get our consumers to like really trust in what we're doing and understand our messaging. So that's why I think we have those kind of like tiered products where it's like, it's almost like a funnel kind of, you know, where it's like you have your products like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, like things that are more like casual and more affordable and consumers know how it's going to fit. It's not going to be a weird size. And then once you kind of build that initial trust, then they'll like take a second look at that dope jacket or those really cool trousers that, you know, they'll then say, okay, I love this brand. I love what they're doing. I want those cool trousers. So it's just like a constant grind to build up our community and make them trust us and want us to succeed. I dig that. What's the what? Because I remember when I when I sat down with you, um, I asked like if you have like brick and mortar shops that kind of your you just have just for deviate. Is that is that like a plan, or do you think everything's just gonna go online? Or we just online? talked about this yeah. yesterday, really? so very timely question, Will. <laughs> um, yeah. So honestly. I think with the pandemic, it just kind of changed everything. And everyone's really like what we're seeing in the fashion industry is the larger like department stores and like brick and mortar retail. It's obviously a challenge, but the direct to consumer market where it's like all online, 
first of all, like your margins are way better because we're not being like middleman or anything. Um, and secondly, it's just like we have more control over our branding in that process. So our our focus is more on the direct to consumer and the e-com because that's like how I think you can really build a self-sustaining brand. But I mean, there's something to say about being able to create your own world in a retail setting that you're, you know, people can come and immerse themselves in and be like, oh yeah, I really get deviate. So it's definitely still on the radar, but I think a little bit further down the road for us. Yeah. I think um, there's something about having your own store. Like I think there's key stores to be in just to sell your kind of stuff that you can't, everyone has to be in to a certain extent, whether that it has to align with your, uh, with your brand. But I think having your own store, you can literally do what the fuck you want and it can just be like, you can just walk in every day and just be so happy. Cause you're like, yeah, this is just completely us. And I also think that actually allows a community to see what you're about. And I think, I think it's something that kind of went out of fashion for a while because of e-commerce and mm -hmm. because direct consumer was just so easy and like you could, you could sell a t-shirt and make all the money. And mm -hmm. I think, with, but with brick and mortar, you're actually, people can go and touch the clothes. People can try them on. Well, obviously not at the moment, but like there's something about actually going into a store and I don't know, there's something more real about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more of an experience. I totally agree. And one thing that we really wanted to do in 2020 was just like have cool ass events and like do different pop-ups in different areas. So kind of like have a hybrid where it's like, we're not assuming all that risk of a brick and mortar, but we can still like yeah. create this cool experience and like do it in different areas and give our people like something cool to do. So that's definitely part of the plan for 2021. Like hopefully we can start to have some events again, but you're totally right. Like being in person and touching the product, it's just like, I don't know, it's fun, it's shopping. <laughs> we should do something next year. We should throw a big party and oh, we love parties. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a movement party as well. Oh that would be gosh. dope. That we would be cool. We should do yeah. like a day movement. Oh, maybe not day because the festival's on, but we should do an after party. <gasps> That's a great idea. With like, I don't know how we can do it with the clothes because it's just a load of messy people getting fucked up, but. No, we can make it work we actually did something like that there's a funny story like when we first launched our launch party ended up being on the same day as you know the h&m store that's in detroit now yeah. so they <laughs> they copied off of us or something but their launch party ended up being on the same day as ours so we were like fuck it we're gonna get all their people to come to like our after party so like we literally stood outside of the h&m as people were leaving we we're like come to the after party <laughs> we got in some like big trouble for it but okay. whatever it's detroit it's detroit you're coming in my you're, like you're coming in that your city don't fuck with people from detroit yep <laughs> um what's your thoughts on like big brands like h&m coming to detroit good and bad because yeah it's good and bad for sure but 
I mean, it's good to get people to draw people out here and like to think that we like have it going on, but also like there's so many little cool stores that are around here, local people own. Um, so I think that's cooler in my opinion, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we just like maintain a good balance because like, I think we need the larger brands to have like a healthy fashion ecosystem here, but you just like really hope that they don't like start to squash these really cool brands that you will never be able to find again. So yeah, I guess we'll see. Hopefully Detroit stays real. <laughs> it's such a like catch 22, isn't it? Because you, we all want Detroit to kind of develop. Um, but like me moving to Detroit, I've like met so many people that are like Detroit isn't the same anymore. And I'm like, well, of course it's not the same, but mm. is it better than five years ago? Like you can actually walk downtown now, like, and not get shot. And you're like, well, it's probably better now. Um, and I'm kind of happy that I, I think, I think it's really important, but you're right. It still needs that organic kind of, but I guess let's say for instance, like New York, I wouldn't necessarily say so much LA, but New York, although all the huge brands are there, there's still a lot of very small brands and like really fucking cool shops that you just like stumble across. And I think Detroit, there isn't that much like space down. Downtown's very small in Detroit, really compared. You can walk around it in like 10 minutes. Um, and most of the space is all like independent e stores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is independently owned stores. We are starting to get some bigger ones coming in, um, but yeah, I mean you're totally right. Like you look at a city like New York and like Soho, and it's just it's yeah. really cool. Like you kind of get these different pockets that develop, and like the like New Center in Detroit, I think has like a lot of cool independently owned shops and maybe we'll see downtown become a little more established with bigger brands. But like, as you kind of see these neighborhoods forming, I think that's like kind of what, yeah, Detroit's changing, but it's like, we still have character in these little pockets and it's okay if it's a little different, but as long as it's like driven by the community here, it's still true to Detroit. So yeah, I think we're on the right track. I really do. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. How much do you like Carhartt? <laughs> I think I think Carhartt stuff is cool. Um, it's definitely cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're being politically correct. <laughs> I really like Carhartt's workwear jackets. Like my dad always had a Carhartt jacket, so I would always steal his and wear it around because it was just like cool and faded and was worked in and stuff. Um, so I think Carhartt's really cool. Um, I think that they are definitely the fashion, like our only real like icon yeah, of Detroit, which definitely needs to change because <laughs> we yeah. have better fashion than Carhartt here. Like we're not all just like walking around in workwear pants and workwear <laughs> boots. Like we do have style. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where the hesitation was. We're like, it's cool, but it's not all encompassing of what we've got here. Yeah. I get it. It's weird because a lot of people don't know it's from Detroit. And I guess growing up in Detroit, that's kind of all you see. But Carhartt, if you go to like any other major city, Carhartt's this like cool hipster kind of brand because they don't get any of the workwear in the store. They just get the like cool collabs and things like that. 
Yeah. But work in progress. Say that again. Their work in progress. Yeah. Like our whip. Yeah, that stuff's pretty cool. I don't know why you've just gone really quiet. Oh. Am I louder now? <laughs> no. That's really weird. I'll move the, the laptop closer. I'll just, I'll just turn you up. Yeah. Testing, testing, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you've just gone really quiet. Um, so what's the plan for, obviously 2020 has been a weird year. Has it like affected sales and shit for you? I think at the beginning, it was definitely like, oh my gosh, you know, all of the retail stores, like key revenue channels, like closed overnight with COVID. And then we, so we thought, okay, we have to do something. So we pivoted like really hard into production because like we do produce all of our, our clothes here. So we have the infrastructure. So we pivoted hard into production and actually started producing like isolation gowns and like face masks for uh, healthcare workers and cool. like in partnership with the state of Michigan. So that was a good opportunity for us because it allowed us to keep our team on board, you know, keep some cash flow coming into the company. So <clears throat> as like difficult as it was, we were able to like make lemonade out of lemons or whatever the saying is. So um, that, that was okay. It, like helped us to stay afloat. And then following, you know, all of our production work, we started to um, like focus more on the brand, sell more online, retail locations started opening up again. And we actually like just had the best holiday season that like really? we've ever had. Like we probably saw like 10 X growth from last Christmas, which is just insane. So like our, our community really, really supported us. This That's year. amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. <laughs> Making bank over there. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> How how is it when like doing fashion stuff um, on the like finance side of things? Because I can pretty much guarantee it's quite similar to music. You you spend years kind of working hard, investing in yourself, and keeping investing and keep investing. When have you got to the point where you're like, yeah, we're good, or is it still at that like obviously it's at that growing stage where I think everyone's always growing no matter what level you're at. Um, but is there like a point in your head that you've got, not necessarily financially, but like where you're at when you're like, when you can sit back and be like, yeah, we've done pretty good. Or are you at that point? I feel like we kind of are, um, we've, our team has grown. So we're a team of five now, which is really cool. Um, like it's not just Kelsey and me anymore. So I think when we, when we expanded our team, that was kind of when it hit us, like, wow, okay, this is really cool. We're like creating jobs and we have this crew that's like bought into our vision and our brand and it's that special. So I feel like, you know, financially, obviously finances are so important, but I think for us, what really kicked in that feeling that you're talking about is when our team started growing and started yeah. forming. Can I stop this and call you back? Cause this, yeah. you've gone so quiet, it's ridiculous. Oh, bummer. Okay, yeah, just give me, want me, I'll just like, do you want me to if, call uh, you? Yeah, just, I'll just end and then you just log back into the same, same link. Cool. See you in a bit. And we're back. So what were we just talking about? <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you're, 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 you've, you're employing people now, 
which is such a strange thing when you're running a business, right? Especially when you like start from scratch, you're like, okay, we need to put food on our table. And then when you start employing somebody, you're like, we have, it doesn't matter about, I don't know, it could be rock different for you. But for me, it's like, it doesn't matter about me anymore. It matters about how well the business does for that other person because they've got to eat their family, their kids have to go to school that whatever it is, how much pressure is that for you? It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think though it's super motivating because um, like in, when we first brought the team, I was like, okay, like we need to hit these certain like points and we need to make sure that this happens. So, and then I'm like, I need to do it for Angie. I need to do it for like <laughs> Diane, like all these people I'm just thinking of their like <laughs> names in my head. And I'm like, okay, I, I got this. I'm doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Is it mostly women that, that work for you? Yep. We have an all female team. Oh, <laughs> what just happened then? Oh, did we go out again? I don't know. No, something happened. <laughs> We're working. Happened? This fucking podcast is a shit show. We're good. <laughs> so is it is it all women? Yeah, we have an all female team. Is was that purpose? Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Can I not get a job? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. We'll we'll consider it. I need for to sure. learn how to sew first. <laughs> um so what's 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 everyone's role in the team? I think our team is like super, they're amazing, first of all. And like, we just have a really dynamic team. So um, we actually have a workshop plan, like all hands uh, this Thursday to really go over our goals for 2021. But our team helps us with our brand development. So like really focused on marketing, um, you know, stylist and stockist outreach to try to get product seating and product placement for our brand. And just a lot of different strategies to really grow, deviate, not only within Detroit, but also nationally and eventually globally. So, um, yeah, they're just they're just down for the cause. <laughs> That's cool. Do you have like a production team as well or is it still Kelsey? Is that still you? <laughs> no, it's not me anymore. <laughs> but we do um, like since we only have to produce at certain times, like we'll use our team that's like on payroll for um for like those like mini production because they all know how to sew as well as do the business side, which is really great. But then when we have like our like spring, summer and fall, winter coming out, we um, have like uh, contract workers that come back in and work. Uh, Actually, a lot of them are students too, mm -hmm. or like recent graduates. And um, so it's a really good experience for them to see how a brand works, like be involved with like running a production floor, like really real world knowledge that they can either bring to another job or start their own business. And we teach them like all the sewing too. So a lot of them have like never used an industrial machine before they come and work for us. So it's like, we're teaching them these skills that they can then go on and get other production jobs as well, which there are like a good opportunities in Detroit for that. That's dope. Cause I was talking, I was texting you Cassie the other day and you were saying that you do like you, I don't know that you, do you teach people different things or is it like all fashion stuff that you teach or do you have like sh- I don't I don't really know but yeah yeah so <laughs> no you're right so yeah when so I'll backtrack like you know when I was talking about when the pandemic hit we yeah. pivoted into production 
So we like kind of used that production process as like job training. So that was really when it first started, when we realized that there was almost like a knowledge gap of like recent graduates and the current market in Detroit. And so we thought we could fill that um, with this like curriculum where we were teaching these recent grads, like how to work industrial sewing machines, like how to actually go through the lean manufacturing and production process. And then from there, we realized that there was so much potential with that idea to continue to expand it. So it's not just about production, but also about, you know, entrepreneurship and starting forming your LLC and branding and marketing and coming up with cohesive collections and illustrating them technically and all of these different um, areas of owning a fashion brand or being successful in the fashion space, we essentially boiled down into like a six month curriculum that we um, use to base our talent incubator off of, which is where um, aspiring designers and creatives will come work with us and we'll help them through that process depending on, you know, where they're at um, personally. And then from there, we recently actually partnered with the Boys and Girls Club in September. And so that talent incubator curriculum, um, we basically took that and applied it with the youth members that we work with who are high school aged. Um, and they, they essentially have paid apprenticeships with us where we teach them all about the industry and help them with, you know, their own personal journeys. So it's it's been just, it's all come full circle for us. That's tight. What's the Boys and Girls Club? Uh, the Boys and Girls Club is a nonprofit here in Detroit. So, and actually they're like a national nonprofit, okay. like across America. Um, so it's like the Boys and Girls Club is kind of like the safe place that are, they're located in like disadvantaged um, communities often. So that way, you know, kids in that area have some place to go where they feel safe and they have mentorship and could get a, a warm meal. And um, they also offer like learning workshops. And so what we are um, working with the Boys and Girls Club on is this uh, uh, learning workshop, which is actually called like an industry club. So it's something new cool. that they're doing. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to be a part of it. That's dope. You should do some sick t-shirts called the, in- that has like the industry club on and then they will wear them around Detroit. <laughs> yeah, we actually are doing that. Oh, are you? Because, you want to talk about your club kids idea that you may be doing? Yeah. So, um, for the next cohort of kids that we get, we're definitely are going to do, um, like a Detroit club kids collection where they're going to design pieces of it. And then going to be like really fun and colorful and cool so look out for that (laughs) that'll be dope um how important is it for you to to like detroit clearly isn't the like the wealthiest place the wealthiest city it doesn't have like the best schools it doesn't have kind of the best upbringings for a lot of kids in within the cities especially what how important is it to kind of help grow the like younger community or the younger generations and kind of give them opportunities in a city like Detroit. Yeah, it's so important. And I think, I think we're going to start to see the role of brands change even more. Like it's, it's great that we see brands that are like environmentally sustainable now. That's almost like a requirement, which is awesome. Um, And I think we're going to start to see that boundary be pushed even more into like the social sustainable arena, which is really like how a brand or a business interacts with their community and the people they hire. And like, how can we be more socially sustainable and 
not only, you know, make a profit, but do good as well. And so that's like a really, really a core foundation of um, our business is to really focus on being socially sustainable because Detroit and our community has given us so much that it's like, it just, it's only right to be able to reciprocate that. Um, And also it just makes for a more healthier ecosystem that we're building here. And it relates to our mission too, which is really to elevate the reputation of Detroit as a fashion city. Mm -hmm. So like the way to do that is by starting with at a young age and make sure that talent to see them through to success. So that's super important to us. I think that's the only way to grow a city or like a a scene in the city is by getting the younger kids on board. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like anything really. And I think especially growing up, I I didn't grow up in Detroit itself, um, but I could only couldn't even imagine in some places what it's like to grow up and being able to have like an outlet to kind of be creative is like something super important. And I don't think there's enough of it in, in the city. Um, so it's pretty fucking amazing you're doing it. So keep that shit up. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, Will. Well. <laughs> um, Much love. 2021 2022 uh what's the like the goals fuck yeah minus covid just imagine covid's not happening like what is it what's the goals for it i think we we have a couple like a couple different areas one like our local goal is to continue to build out this program with the boys and girls club and really have the kids like have real opportunities following the program. So maybe it's internships in like a New York or LA or with like a Carhartt here in Detroit. So that's like an important local goal. Um, And then I think as we're looking towards our brand, it's definitely growing our number of stockists and continuing to expand not only within Detroit and Michigan, but also looking to those other cities that, um, you know, could be kind of like sister cities for us. Um, in addition to, of course, New York and LA and continuing to grow our footprint there as well. Um, and then I think we also have some goals to continue to grow our team and our talent incubator and continue to work with um, recent graduates and help give them the opportunities that, you know, like we both wish we would have had when we were starting our brand. So I think those are probably the main areas that we're focusing on community development and brand development. Um, but would you add anything? We probably have product development on your mind. Yeah, definitely. Like <laughs> getting good our, our base products, like so that we're known by a certain product. So that's what like a big goal of mine. Jackets, right? Yeah, definitely jackets. Oh, yes. yes. Can you make an insane bomber jacket? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have some really cool jackets. Like Kels, you like everything you do is great, but your jackets are like another level so yeah look forward to those yeah, <laughs> more jackets 2021 i've got i've got a really <laughs> stupid question okay what is like i was i got sent some samples the other day for a t-shirt and the dude was like it's a vegan t-shirt what the fuck is a vegan t-shirt isn't that like the way that the fabric is? It's made without harming animals, maybe. But what and animals like... are harmed in the process? <laughs> yeah, that one I'm not sure yeah. about. <laughs> um, hmm, like I've heard, I know vegan leather. Yeah. Yeah, I get but... that. 
But this is like, it's literally just like a, it's like a Gildan t-shirt. It's not, but it's like a generic Gildan t-shirt. And they were like, this is a vegan, vegan. I'll send you the link after and you can try and work it out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Don't do some understand. investigating. Yeah. I'm not really sure um, <laughs> at all. I just feel like it's just advertising to people in LA and mm-hmm. just trying to get more sales because I just didn't know that a t-shirt is harming animals. <laughs> me either i don't think it does yeah i don't know maybe the way it's yeah i don't know it's kind of a stretch but i'm sure it probably works i'm sure some yeah. people probably eat that shit up like, like oh vegan yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> um so what's what's your like your fashion gods that you look up to and you're like because we have it in music i have it in music there's people that i'm like Every time they do something, it's just insane. And I'm like, I'm going to quit because they're just too fucking good. Like, is, who is it for you for you guys that you're just like, I wish? Or I guess the better question, not that you want to copy somebody or you you want somebody else's life. But if you could have somebody else's career, what would it be? Or if you could like kind of mimic, deviate in your own way to be something else, what would it be? I think Cass and I have totally different answers on this. I love that. Um, mine is definitely um, Alexander McQueen. His name, real name is Lee McQueen. Um, but I- he like died a while back. But he was the biggest, like still is my biggest inspiration. Um, he really created cool ass content with like a huge story and everything was a performance. And um, I just love that. How like his, his fashion was literally art. Um, so he's my number one. And then my number two is Kirby Jean Raymond of Pyre Moss. He is just so stinking cool. <laughs> and all of his um, collections, like addressing things that are going on in the world, I think is like amazing and super inspiring. The Alexander McQueen, have you, how good is that documentary? So good. I made Cass yeah. watch it while we were in New York. I was like, you need to watch this. It's so good. I think I cried the first time I watched it because I didn't know he killed himself. Spoiler alert. Um, but his, his like shows were insane. Yeah, I know. When we were watching in New York, like we had meetings the next day and we had to be up early, but I just like, my eyes are like glued to the TV. I just like, couldn't stop watching. It was so incredible. So my my favorite one was the, uh, was the like mental asylum. Me too. uh, The end scene where the glass shatters and the butter. Oh, so, or the moths fly out. That was so So good. Love that. What about you? Yeah, I think, I don't know. A lot of my answers would maybe be a little more like on the business side and just building like a more sustainable business. But I was trying to think creatively, like who inspires me in the fashion industry and I was leaning more towards uh, Kirby Jean Raymond. So I'm just going to copy. I don't know. I don't know that person. Oh, look up Pyre Moss. That's his brand. What's he's it called? P Y E R M O S S. He's just really interesting and doesn't. He kind of goes against the grain mm-hmm. of of like the fashion industry. Like um, with all the Black Lives Matter movement going on, the CFDA, which is like um, I don't know, like the Council of Fashion Designers of America. 
Um, is it? It's beyond America, isn't it? No, it's of America, I think. Anyways, they came out with like this statement about BLM and it was just like very like cookie cutter and he called them out for that and was like, this is like a bubblegum ass statement. And like, he basically went against these people who hold so much power and it was just like, wow, this, this guy like really is genuine and like will stand up for what he believes in and do that through his fashion. His shit's crazy. I'm, look, I'm on his Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's cool. It's wild. I love that. Okay, flares. I've got to talk to you about this. I've been seeing so many flares come back recently, and mm-hmm. I am not about it. What's your thoughts on flares? <laughs> you mean like pants flaring and Sorry. stuff? Yeah, 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 pants. What do you think, Kels? If it's done right, but like not like I know the flare that's in your head. The and 70s flare? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. yeah. But if it's worked right and like the the silhouette's good of it, then it it can work. But yeah, I I feel like the way that Kelsey designs is more like oversized. Like, like you like you have that pair of pants that's almost it's not a flare. It's like just the whole way. It's like it doesn't go like that. It just like the whole way the Mm -hmm. silhouette is like a little more like overall flared. So it's like an oversized like masculine look. I think those are cool. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Kel said, if it's done right, then it's cool. But is there's a lot. <laughs> is there anything that you're just like, definitely not, can't deal with that? Um, I hate those tops that like go in tight and then they flare out. What are those called? Oh, uh, <laughs> they're like flower pots. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those shirts. They're like they don't look good to me. So. It's like mermaid kind of or something. Yeah, I forget or, what they're called. They have a name, but those for yeah. me is those sneak. It's sorry if any of you are wearing them. I doubt you sorry. will be. But <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing one of those tops right now, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, the those fucking sneakers that are like they were massive. I think Fila did. Fila. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My friend actually has a pair of those. I went over there the other night and she's like, yeah, these are the pair that I'll never wear because I don't know why I bought them. And like, she showed me a meme of like, I don't know, I forgot what it was, but they were like something oh, super giant. And she's just like, yeah, after I saw the meme, I can't wear them anymore. Oh, <laughs> they're awful. They're, they're the ones I just can't, can't deal with. Like anyone wearing them. I'm like, nope. Could be literally the, the hottest person. And then you're wearing those. And I'm like, nope. Not happening. <laughs> yeah some of them are just like too chunky i don't know yeah again there's a line there's a line yeah. totally maybe chunky though fashion yeah. there are no lines so i retract that statement where would you want people <laughs> you i want do agree with that <laughs> i do agree with that but i feel like fashion is fashion for it's called fashion for a reason because it is about just kind of i don't know a lot of fashion is just the same, right? And mm-hmm. it just comes around and and gets unfashionable and then gets fashionable again. Um, and as a, how much of it for you guys is based on like influencer marketing and things like that, where you're like, oh, this brand is doing this, we should we should do something like this, or is it literally you're not looking at anyone else, you're literally just doing doing your own thing. Yeah, I think um, from the very beginning, we're like, we don't want to follow trends. Like, we don't want to, like, 
be, I don't know, just creating things that are hot and then not anymore. Like we just want to do what we want to do and do it right and cool. Um, so I think we just kind of like, uh, what's the, the thing you go to your own beat or whatever. Just march to the beat of your own drum. Yes. <laughs> go to it. your own beat. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think what makes our brand cool and what people like is that everything comes from like Kelsey's head. And so it's like, not been seen before and of course like you're going to be inspired by things that are going on like there's a lot of patchwork going on right now so that's going to be inspirational like people are wearing chunky things people are wearing oversized things so that's going to like naturally kind of get into like your like what influences you every day but I think it's a matter of like filtering that out and like remembering who we're designing for and just staying true to that aesthetic and then it's going to be like reimagined so like nothing's new it's just kind of done in a slightly different way yeah totally i think like the classic the not generic but the street classic streetwear now like a classic example is like what virgil did with the with his belts like he just created this fucking long belt that everyone wears now that no one would have ever have worn a belt that long five six years ago but now everyone wants it mm-hmm yeah, it's interesting. And it's it's also, I feel like, on the top of my mind, maybe on yours too, but just, like, what's what's next? Like, how is streetwear going to evolve? Is yeah. it always going to be, like, this kind of urban, um, you know, sporty look? Or, like, how is it going to change? So, I don't know. I'm curious to see just how the fashion industry continues to evolve and how we can really, like, drive that what's the next, you know, off-white belt? Like, what's the next yeah. thing that people are going to, like, obsess over? Have you read the uh, Bobby Hundreds book? No. He did a book. Uh, you know Hundreds, the brand. Yeah. Um, he did a book. Um, I, it's called This Is This Is Not a T-Shirt brand or something like that. Um, oh, I've heard of that. It's really good. I listen I, – I don't – I hate reading, so I listen to books. But it was <laughs> – I listened to it the other day and it's actually a really good read. I would like highly recommend it because it talks about how the hundreds was like the hottest thing and then was completely unhot and then hot again and completely unhot and then hot again. Um, and it's just like really interesting to see how kind of how fickle the industry is. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in music. It's like you're the hot thing and then, everyone's bored of you so you you've got to kind of go under a rock for a few years and then you come back with something amazing and then everyone wants you again um mm -hmm. is is the plan to make dva fucking massive mm -hmm. yeah good do it <laughs> yeah we we want to build a global brand and like our mission is to show people that look you know detroit has something special to offer and we can't do that unless we're like you literally you're seeing us everywhere and that's our goal so it's a lofty one but i mean we've got time on our side so we're not quitting how old are you both i'm 25 i'm 23 young keep it up <laughs> yep so i don't know people i think sometimes people underestimate us because of our age but then i think they quickly realize that we we are wiser than I think maybe it appears. Fuck them. Don't trust yeah. people like that. <laughs> Simply put, fuck them. You'll get to like, I'm 30 now. I turned 30 this year. And for 
my whole career, everyone's like, oh, you're so young, you're so young. And then you get to 30 and you're like, now you're not the young one. You're like the one telling everybody that you're young, even though 30 is still young. But like you're telling the like 20 year olds that they're young and they've got so much time. And it's like, I I'd really dislike that because it's it's not about age. It's just about if you're fucking good or not. And if you're fucking good, then you're going to be better than everyone else. So that's what it's about to keep that shit up. Yeah, words to live by, Will. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's wrap this one up. But how can people first of all see what you do? Um, how can people buy your shit? Yeah, so people can see what we do on our Instagram. So our Instagram is at deviate underscore fashion. Um, we also have a TikTok, but. Uh, the girl on my team runs that. I don't really know how to do TikTok, got to be honest, but you can find us on there too. That's because um, you're not 12. Then- That's like, <laughs> you have to be 12 to be good at TikTok. It's just the rules. I know. I know. That shit makes me feel so old, but... but anyways, that's but the conversation- Talking about TikTok, I, I was talking about this on the podcast the other day, and for me, TikTok is probably the healthiest social media, as in... It's everyone's just having fun on there. I don't I don't see any like negative shit where Instagram like Twitter's just no Facebook's the worst. (laughs) Facebook's like you're like grandma moaning about life. And then Twitter is just everyone shouting at each other. Instagram, everyone's insecure because everyone looks hot as fuck and we don't look that hot. And then (laughs) TikTok's just a load of people dancing, having fun. So I'm kind of into TikTok. Yeah, you know, yeah, when you put it that way, maybe I'll mess around with the app, see if I can log in and (laughs) do a little dancing. (laughs) Yeah, so follow us on TikTok. Um, We know what we're doing on that. Uh, And then our website is www.deviatefashion.com. So you can check us out there too. Cool. Thank you so much for being on. um, And let's catch up when I'm back in Detroit. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Thank you cool. for having us. Well, it was really cool to catch up and love all the stuff you're doing. So thanks for thinking of us. Big love, girls. Take care. Keep safe. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was like, did you plan that? <laughs> you definitely planned that. <laughs> Anybody that's listening, they both like threw up the love heart sign on with their hands. It was kind of cute. Um, anyway, love you girls. Keep safe. And that is a wrap. That was amazing. I love that. I love catching up with them as well. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give us a little comment in whatever you're listening to. Share it. Send it to your mates, your gran, your mum, whoever. Um, and give us a little rating. Keep safe. Have a great one. Big love. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.